0: Welcome to the Embodied CEO Podcast. I'm Kirsten, and while I'm an integrative performance dietitian by trade, a mom of three, and a wife, I am also a nearly two-decade entrepreneur turned business mentor, and I've seen all sorts of iterations of how to do business. And I'm tired of female business owners not fully stepping into their power because the road we've been told we have to take to get here sucks. In this podcast, I'm empowering entrepreneurs to trust their voice and expertise to start thinking big when it comes to their business, and to move forward unapologetically toward goals that don't have to make sense to other people. Let's have the big conversations. Let's lay it all out on the table. And let's support each other forward in this crazy journey of entrepreneurship. Oh, and let's have some fun while we're doing it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Embodied CEO Podcast. You know, a few days ago, I was meeting with my ops manager, And we were with a consultant and the consultant asked me about the name of the podcast, The Embodied CEO, like why that name? And I explained to her that it came from this deep pull to produce something that felt genuine and real, like without all the fluff. I didn't want this podcast to be a lot of frontage and a lot of facade. I wanted it to just be a true translation of who I am, how I function, what I firmly believe about business, my role as a leader and living what my company represents, being embodied in what I do, right? Which in turn made me think about my brand. And as often happens in my life, and yours too, if you pay attention, this is where we fail because we don't pay attention to the things that are happening around us. But when you pay attention, you will see that this is happening to you too. The perfect example of the importance of this, the brand concept, literally showed up in my mini mind this past Monday. So let me give you some background first. I run mini minds sporadically in the Kirsten Screen Business Coaching, in addition to the Evolution Mastermind, which is kind of always rolling. And right now, I have a group of women with me that are in what I've called the Passive Income Accelerator Mini Mind. Basically, we're spending 10 weeks together, where the goal is to set them up for more revenue streams, especially passive ones. Now, passive is always with a caveat, right? Passive as in not one-on-one coaching, not group coaching that requires hours and hours and hours of them showing up to give their time in exchange for money, right? So the target is all of these women who are pretty early, this particular group is pretty early in scaling their business. We're spending this time together to get them to a place where their business can do work for them. I'm going to circle back to brands. So stay with me here. We spent the first week of our mini mind and we're, we're just barely started, right? We're in week three, basically, of this mini mind. But we spent the first week getting to know their businesses just so I could see where they're at, tease out some of the disconnect. It's really easy for me usually to look at somebody's coaching business and kind of see where the big glaring problems are. A lot harder when you're in the coaching business, right? Like you're, you're so in the weeds that you don't see them. But so I asked them what they perceived the problems to be. And every single one of them brought up things like, I don't have enough clients, or it's crickets when I launch, or I'm having a hard time producing content consistently. That's a big one. So I'm having a hard time consistently showing up on Instagram or, you know, YouTube or wherever it is that you promote your business. And as a result, I don't get enough clients. Or I just don't get enough eyes on what I do put out. Or I'm not sure what to talk about unless I'm selling something. You know that last one. It's like if you have a launch and you know exactly what product you're selling, you know what content to produce. But suddenly when there isn't that target, you're struggling to consistently produce something. So all of these things are the things that they perceived wrong with their business. Meanwhile, in the back of my brain, the whole time I'm going, but that's not it. That's not it. That's not the problem. I used to watch the show with my husband. I think I've made reference to it before. It was called The Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch. The show was on, I want to say, like 2000, early 2000, maybe like 2004, 2006, 7, 8, somewhere in that time frame before we had kids. So some of you are probably too young to remember watching these kind of shows then. But basically, Donnie Deutsch would interview entrepreneurs about how they became successful. And my issue with the show consistently, episode after episode, was that they would say things like, I had this idea, then I did a bunch of stuff, and then it started selling like crazy, and now I'm rich. And they always left out. The middle part, the, you know, I did a bunch of stuff. Like, what is that part? What do you mean you did a bunch of stuff? Like, while doing stuff all day, how did you go from idea to rich? What's the stuff in the middle? And it took me years to understand what the middle part was and how they bridged that gap from great idea to filthy rich. And it hit me like a ton of bricks when it finally came to me. It was brand. The middle part is brand. The middle part is becoming someone and something that is recognizable it's recognizable, it's brand. And that is the thing that every one of these women that is in my mini mind right now is currently lacking, which is where all their efforts need to go. Now they're perceiving this as nobody buys when I sell, or I don't know what content to put out unless I'm selling something specific, or I can't stay consistent with my content. It's really hard for me, or there's not enough eyes on my things. All of that is just a symptom of not having a brand. There's a quote I love from Howard Schultz. He's of Starbucks fame, in case you don't know who that is. But the quote is, if people believe they share values with a company, they will stay stay loyal to the brand. The brand, not the product, the brand. People develop loyalty to a brand. Now, I often joke that Apple could literally sell anything. Like they could sell a hat right now and I'd probably buy it because I'm loyal to Apple. Not even necessarily the iPhone or the MacBook or whatever individual product. I'm loyal to the brand. Like, in full disclosure, Apple AirPods are not the best headphones. There are better ones. I'm actually right now, while I'm recording this, wearing Power Beats because they actually work better than Apple AirPods. I still own three sets of Apple AirPods. There's one in my purse. That's one in my desk. There's one in my work bag. Like, I still own three of them. Why? Because I'm loyal to the brand. And they work. They work with the rest of them. I'm loyal to the brand. I'm still going to go ahead and buy them. The same is true for running shoes, right? Like you like the brand that you like. Once you have a brand of running shoes that you like, you will buy whatever shoes they put out. Even if there might be another pair of shoes from a different brand that specifically that pair of shoes might work better for you, you're still gonna stay loyal to your brand. Or cars, or purses, or big box stores, right? Like your Costco or your Sam's, very rarely both. Or you have strong feelings over one over the other. It's about the brand. So when you're a small business and you're selling coaching, And all of your focus is on the knowledge that you have as a coach. You've already lost your audience. They don't care about the knowledge. Like, I mean, they care, but that's the first thing that they're going to differentiate, right? They're going to figure out, is this somebody who knows this context? Is this somebody who knows the subject matter in which I need help? But they're not going to choose you based on that. Like, think of it this way. Microsoft has a ton of knowledge about computers. So do the founders of Linux. And so does Apple. I'm only loyal to one brand, right? Like Microsoft builds computers. They know what they're doing. I don't want to buy a Microsoft computer. I'm loyal to Apple. My next computer will again be an Apple. I work off of a MacBook. My next one will again be an Apple because I'm loyal to the brand. So I tried to bring all that back to my business because all of this is about business and where are my clients struggling and why is this such an issue, right? And I realized the Donnie Deutsch example, I have an idea to I go rich, I got rich. I realized the in-between That brand piece developed in my business when I stopped trying to show how knowledgeable I am about nutrition and business. And I started instead focusing on standing out from the crowd and highlighting how I'm unique from everyone else that does what I do. That's when my business took off. This was me building a brand. Even before I fully recognized that I was building a brand, it was simply me showing up to speak uniquely from me. Which immediately differentiated me from every other dietitian, from everyone else who knows the same information that I do, because I know it in a different way. I apply it in a different way. I have opinions and thoughts and outspokenness about it in a different way, the same way that both Apple and Microsoft build good computers. Apple does it in a very different way. It stands out from the crowd, right? So two days ago, and again, literally these things happened this week. This is this is not me fabricating. This has happened this week. This episode actually for this week was supposed to be about something totally different. We had it on our calendar for this to be a completely different episode, but these three events happened this week. The first, my many mind people and me recognizing, oh my God, they're all struggling with brand. This is why their stuff's not selling. They, they don't have a brand. They are not a brand. But then two days ago, Something again, universe, right? Two days ago, my brand person sent me a screenshot of someone describing someone in her world describing what their brand inspirations were as they were going ahead and, you know, working on her brand. And this person was describing what their brand inspirations were. And my name was on her list. Which, first of all, is a huge freaking honor to begin with. Like, I'm on someone's list as the brand that they are inspired by, a brand that that is appealing to them, that, that inspires their version of their brand. Huge, right? But then it got better. That's when I saw who I was on this list with, and I'm literally going to pull up my phone and read to you guys from the screenshot. So not only was I on her list of brands that inspire her, but let me read you some of the other names that were on here. Jenna Kutcher, if you know who she is, that's meaningful. Brene Brown. Now, we all know Brene Brown, right? Gary Vee, Entrepreneur Magazine, and Wired Magazine, and Forbes Y'all, I was on the list for brands that inspire this person visually and from what they stand for and how they're represented. My brand was on her list for inspiration, along with Jenna Kutcher, Brene Brown, Gary Vee, Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, and Wired. Now, I'm so freaking honored by that. But more than that, and this is what matters, I'm so grounded by that. Grounded as in my business and my brand are established. They stand for something and people see that. My business is based on my brand and my brand is what attracts people to me. It's the reason I don't have to do cold DM outreach because my brand is why people choose to work with me over someone else, not my knowledge. I have a ton of knowledge, both as a dietitian and a business owner, knowledge and two decades of experience on both sides, right? But so do a bunch of other people. Why would somebody choose me over other people? Because my brand speaks to them differently, So let's get your brand built. Let's stop worrying about how much you know or convincing people that you're really smart at what you do because you are and they know that and they've seen your diplomas and they've seen the accolades and all those things are great. But until you're a brand, they will still go buy another computer over you, right? Like Apple had to prove that they could build a really damn good computer, but then they had to go beyond that because even though they could build a good computer, so could Microsoft. So then later they could, the person who bought an Apple might go, okay, well, I'm going to go now buy my next computer at Microsoft. It's only once Apple became a brand, something that stood for something, that someone who bought an Apple would then continue to go buy all the Apple products. Even to this day, you don't really buy a Microsoft computer. Microsoft is the operating system. You buy a Dell or you buy an HP, right? Microsoft's not the brand. Microsoft is the operating system, so is Linux. Apple is the brand. Apple is who you're married to when you become loyal that way. So let's build your brand. If you're struggling to get clients in the door, if you're struggling, and regardless of the size of your audience, let me pause and make that point super, super clear. I do not have a big audience on any platform, but I have a brand that impacts people. I have a brand that leaves people knowing exactly this is her, this is what she stands for, this is consistent, and they'll recognize my things before they even see who it's from. That's because I've done the work to build the brand. So let's build yours. I'm going to give you five tips today that I think are so, so important and they're not the standard, you know, step one, do this, step two, do that. You can Google that stuff. You don't need me for that. I'm going to give you my version of why I think some people make it as a brand and some people never get to brand level that's recognizable. Okay. So I'm going to give you five. We're going to start with the most obvious. Number one, this is the tangible one. Yes, you need to pick some colors and some fonts and have a logo and pick a look and stick with that look. Now, that alone will not build a brand. Let me just make that super clear. That's a visual representation of your brand. That is not the brand. But you do need to have the visual representation. We buy with our eyes as much as we do with our minds and our knowledge. You're going to stop on something, especially when you're scrolling Instagram, the sea of of thousands of people doing the same thing that you're doing. You're going to stop on something because it's visually appealing. So if what you're doing is not visually appealing to begin with, Good luck. And then let's say it is visually appealing, but you have no consistency in the look of what you're doing. And like your next post looks completely different. And you have a still post that one day is green. And then the next day you post something and it's orange. And the next day you use a Helvetica font. And the next day you're using Comic Sans. It's going to look like a personal profile of somebody hodgepodging something together. It's not going to feel and look like a brand. So make it cohesive. You know what an Apple product looks like because you know what the Apple product box looks like. Enough said. Every single box of every single Apple product is a white box with a photo of what's inside. You know that it's from Apple before you even know what it is. You don't even need to see if it's an iPad or a MacBook Air or whatever. You know that it's from Apple. It's a brand. So be consistent in that. But again, that brings me to number two. Colors and fonts don't make a brand. They make a visual representation of your brand. So number two, and this is where it really starts to matter, get so clear on your message. What do you do that's different from what everyone else who does what you do does? Apple has a slogan, and their slogan is Think Different. Their slogan is not, we make computers like a lot of other people. (laughs) Their slogan is not, we know a lot about computers like a lot of other people. They stand for something different. So their message is Think Different, and they have created an entire culture around Think Different. Apple users pride themselves on being Apple users. It's different. Because it isn't your traditional, yeah, we make computers that do stuff for people. So if you're a dietitian, that's an easy example because there's a lot of you in my world. Yeah, you know a lot about nutrition. You have a bunch of degrees. So, so does everyone else. So do the rest of us. What's different about you? What is unique about your approach? What is your message? What's your main message? If you struggle with this, I talk you through this, by the way, figuring this out step by step in my Genius Offers program, including how to then expand your brand into offers that always support that core message which is why those offers always sell because they always go back to your core brand message. But if you can't verbalize your brand message, how will you build a brand? And it doesn't have to be a slogan. I don't mean create a slogan. I mean, what do you stand for? What is your brand about? What makes you something that is so uniquely different from the other 20,000 people doing the same thing that you're doing? If no one is reaching out to you because they want to work with you and instead they're going to other people, it's because those other people have a brand. It is not because those other people are better than you. It is not because their offers are cheaper than yours. It's not any of those things. It's because they have a brand, which coincidentally, and this goes beyond this conversation today, but once you have a brand, the value of your things is a lot easier to establish because the brand already stands for the value. If you're struggling to sell things and you think it's the price, go back and look at brand. Does your brand support a value? Because when your brand supports a value, the price becomes sort of irrelevant, right? Point in case, the Apple iPhone. Okay. Which brings me to number three, a controversial one. And number three is you need some controversy. Now, I don't mean you need drama or negative PR. What I mean is you need something that makes you stand out from the crowd. I'm going to give you an example that makes me smile all the time for my nutrition business. At first, when I started coaching people, I was just a sports dietitian helping people with performance and helping people with body comp, which I no longer do. But Performance and body comp, right? Sports dietitian helping people with performance and body comp, yawn. Oh my God, it is boring as shit. How many other people were doing that? That is not a brand. That is me listing, here's what I do. I was a service provider. Like hundreds of other people doing exactly the same thing. I was simply providing a service. Here's a service I provide. That does not make you stand out. That's like a taxi driver. You are a taxi driver. Okay, great. What's different? How do you stand out? Where's the controversy? And I don't mean controversy as in like upsetting or negative. I just mean what disrupts the status quo. I became a brand in my nutrition business when I stopped regurgitating information that everyone else was also regurgitating. Yeah, we all learned a lot of shit in school. We did. We went to school for a long time. We are full of facts. We are so smart with our science brains. Great things. Wonderful. Yes, we all have the same thing, though that doesn't make you stand out. So when I stopped sharing what everyone else was sharing, and instead I started giving my take on things, my interpretation of the information, my approach, my opinion, my experience, that's when everything changed. And in that process, I actually accidentally coined my own slogan when that happened. And it was stop doing weird shit with your nutrition. I said that Years ago, it's literally on my Instagram. You can scroll. Years ago, this is something that I said because I was so tired of regurgitating the same stuff and fighting people on their stupid diets and all this nonsense that was out there. So I just said what was on my mind, which was stop doing weird shit with nutrition, man. Learn to eat. It became synonymous with my no-nonsense approach about getting back to instinctive eating, not intuitive eating. Don't confuse that. I don't do that. Instinctive eating and learning to support our bodies instead of controlling them into submission. That became my entire controversy, not because I was aiming for controversy, but because this is how I genuinely felt. That was what I stood for. A very interesting thing happened. A bunch of other dietitians who follow me on Instagram have started using that same line. I cannot tell you how many times in a week I will scroll through somebody and I know these people personally, and I will see somewhere in their feed, somewhere in their captions, somewhere on their posts, in their reels. Stop doing weird shit in my unique voice, my line. Yet here's the thing. It doesn't land for them the way that it lands for me because it's not actually their voice. Even if they believe the same thing, it's a borrowed brand. And a borrowed brand will never make you stand out. So what is your unique controversy? What is your brand? Why your brand? Why would somebody choose your brand? What makes you the person that lands with them in a different way? Why your voice? If you don't have that, you don't have a brand. Which brings me to number four. Say what needs to be said, not what you think won't offend anyone. I'm going to say that again. Say what you know needs to be said, not what you think is not going to ruffle feathers or upset anyone. When I first said, stop doing weird shit, it literally came from a place of I am so frustrated at watching you people do weird shit and then wondering why weird shit happens when you keep doing weird shit. That's where it came from. I didn't worry about who was gonna have their feelings hurt because of that. Now, again, I'm not saying go out and try to make people unhappy, that's not it, but you have to own something, you have to own a stance. What is your stance? Apple went out and said, computers are boring, let's stop making them boring. They literally called out everyone who makes computers, they called out Microsoft, they said, this is boring. It's boring as shit, people don't know how to use this. This doesn't help the average person, let's make it better. And then they started making colored monitors, what? Do you remember how cool that was? what is yours? One of my clients in the mini mind right now is struggling with having people even stop to listen to what she has to share. But her current Instagram feed is full of inspirational quotes and encouraging words. Okay, well, that's, that's nice. It's very nice. Nice isn't a brand. Nice is forgettable. Nice is bland. It is. And that, that might not feel great, but that's the reality. What is activating? What's going to move somebody? What will make somebody feel like you had an impact on them? Like what you said hit them right in the chest. And what do you have to say and how do you want to say it that will do those things? Your brand doesn't have to be loud or boisterous or upsetting. The goal is not to cause drama. The goal is to stand out and be unique. The point is it has to be disruptive of the status quo and it does have to be a little bit punchy. Because imagine if you're standing in a room full of 500 people and they all have the same message. You will not stand out if your message is just status quo because there's 499 other people saying the same status quo thing. The person who will stand out is the person who's willing to be a little bit punchy, the person who can leave an impression. It has to be unique and it has to stop the scroll, both visually. This goes back to number one, right? Visually, it has to be aesthetically pleasing and it has to be unique, and it has to be consistent. But not just visually do you have to stop the scroll. You also have to stop the scroll with the meaning of what you're saying. If you're posting an inspirational quote, yeah, okay, someone might read that and go, oh, that feels nice. Thank you. That makes me feel nice. That's inspired me to feel good today. But it's not going to make them buy your product. Imagine if Starbucks, another one who's mastered brand, imagine if Starbucks just posted cheesy quotes like, It's not the number of breaths we take. It's the number of moments that take our breath away. And then they handed you a cup of black coffee. What? Like, nice quote. Thanks for the okay coffee. Starbucks coffee sucks, by the way. Like, I love Starbucks, but their black coffee is atrocious. As far as coffee goes, it's actually really, really bad coffee. But that's not what they're famous for. Because instead of doing that and giving you, here's a random inspirational quote and some mediocre coffee, they have giant posters with things like, Check out our holiday special mocha caramel pumpkin gingerbread matcha latte refresher shaken with peppermint sprinkles and Santa Claus cold foam in this special edition holiday cup. Like it's it's unique. It is punchy. It's going to stop you walking down the street going, whoa, what is that thing? Like, what is that? That looks like a dessert, but I can call it coffee. And like, what is that? Right. It's a vibe. It has an impact. It's punchy. It makes you stop the scroll. Learn to go from black coffee to a Starbucks holiday special. Your version of whatever that Starbucks holiday special is. Not mine. Not the don't do weird shit. Stop doing weird shit. That's my version. What's yours? Learn yours and your brand will land. Borrow inspiration, (laughs) sure. But start finding your own and your brand will land. Which brings me to number five. And this is the one that's going to step on some people's toes. But this has to be said. And we blur this line a lot when we are service providers who become a brand. And it's don't confuse your personal life with your brand. Again, as online coaches, as online service providers, especially small business ones, right? Typically, it's just us, especially when we start. We are the coach. We are the product. We are the CEO. We become the brand. It's really easy to get those lines crossed. In coaching, who you are is why they hire you. Again, because you are the service. You are the product. And yes, your experience and knowledge matters, but they hire you because they connect with you, you as the product, which means your brand inevitably becomes around you. It revolves around you. But here's the thing. If what you're doing and what you're posting and what you're sharing from your life about your life does not relate back to your business, it has no business in your brand. Here's an example. I love my dog. I'm a big fan of those, you know, the Dodo dog videos with people rescuing dogs. And I'm going to cry at any movie that involves a dog. This is not part of my brand. My audience knows that I have a dog and they'll see my dog. And sometimes they'll see me walking with my dog. But my brand is about my business. My brand is either about nutrition and screen nutrition or my, my brand is about business in the Kirsten Screen Business Coaching. Now, if they see me walking with my dog, it's because I'm going to relate that back to something I'm doing in the business. Like if I'm posting something about my dog in nutrition, I can relate that back to when I started feeding my dog his natural diet and went back to instinct, all of my dog's symptoms went away. Here's how we do that for you as a human. If I post something about my dog from a business perspective, it's usually like I get to hang out in the middle of the day and just like cuddle on the floor with my dog while my business is still working for me. That's connecting to my business. Now, if I just shared every video I like of a cute dog that's being rescued, I have blurred the line between business and personal life. This is no longer a brand. This is just me sharing personal life stuff for ego purposes. That is not a brand. You are a business. So when your representation of your brand starts to drift into the posting those images of, you know, you with your dog or you at church or you skiing or you watching cat videos, but you can't relate it back to your business, you have tried to make your personal life a brand, but not your business. And that's never going to translate. You might draw people in with that, but trust that those people are not watching to connect with your brand and pay for your products. They're watching to be voyeuristic and be curious about your life. Like they're watching you like they're watching the Kardashians. They're not watching it because they're getting ready to pay you. Now, before you say, but the Kardashians make money, they make money with their products. They get you to come in to watch and then they sell a bunch of products. They relate what they're doing back to their business. If you cannot do that, then don't talk about your life, right? But again, you are the brand because you are the human behind the business. so you're gonna have to learn how to get to that line and stay on the right side of it of where what you're sharing relates back to your business. That is the distinguishing factor here. Relate it back to your business. So let's say let's say you are religious and you post a Bible quote because you specialize in helping, Christian women prioritize their nutrition in a way that honors their traditional faith parameters, like that is your brand. That's what you do. You're a business who works specifically with Christian women to help them in a Christian based faith based way. Then that is your business and your brand. And you are able to make that post relate back to your business and your brand. That's great. But if you're simply posting a Bible quote, because that is your personal belief and you just want to post a Bible quote, but it doesn't relate to what you do in your business It is not you building your brand. That's your personal life in a place where it doesn't belong. And again, you might have people following you because they're like, I relate to that. I'm also a Christian woman who likes Bible quotes. But that is not an aligned audience that is going to buy your product. Those two things don't belong in the same space. So you have to understand what is your message, back to point number two. And if that isn't clear, you're going to struggle building this brand. So figure out your message and then know the line between I'm sharing my personal life because I'm having a hard time giving my business an identity, red flag, versus I'm embodying the message I send in my business and showing how my personal life supports the brand, how I'm using my personal life to highlight what my business has awarded me to do, or the work that I do in my business allows me to live this way as a result of the work that my business does. If you cannot distinguish that line, you're not going to become a business brand. You will become a person of interest that people might follow. But if it doesn't relate back to your business, it has no place in your brand. It doesn't belong in your brand. So if you're struggling right now with recognition and having people reach out to you and choosing you above someone else who does the same thing. If people aren't consistently interacting with your things, if they aren't consistently going to you, if you aren't the first person they think of when they need help in this arena, it's because you probably have not yet established a recognizable brand that they can build their loyalty for. So what do you need to do? Look at these five things and where is the gap and start closing those gaps. I told you guys this season, I want to leave you with a question to ponder at the end of every episode. And I'd love it if you message me on social media with your response. Just send me a DM, like literally, or email me hello at KirstenScreen.com. DM me at the Kirsten Screen. I want to know what you guys are doing with this information. So first, before I leave you with today's question, I want to give you another quote. This is by Jeff Bezos. The quote is, your brand is what they say about you when you're not in the room. Your brand is what they say about you when you're not in the room. Now, whichever way you feel about the guy personally, again, remember personal life versus brand. No one can argue that he has not built one of the best, most recognized brands in the world. Amazon from nothing. He built it from nothing. And I remember when Amazon first started and multiple times almost went bankrupt. So he has built this brand that is now known across the globe. Everyone knows what they do. They sell millions of different products, but they're not known for specific products. They're known for their brand, not Jeff Bezos, the person. Yes, he has a personal life and we know about that because he's famous now, but Amazon is the brand, even when there's correlation relate it back to the brand. So my question for you today is what would people say about your business when you're not in the room? Do you stand out enough for them to even know what it is and what you're about and have connection and loyalty for your brand? beyond what it is that you say in the room because if that's not the case you my friend do not have a brand and you're going to be struggling to have clients that are loyal clients that reach out to you and clients that choose you over anyone else who does the same thing that you do so i hope this is helpful message me let me know how you guys are are doing with this message me in response to these questions i hope you guys are doing something with these because this is applicable stuff these are the things that literally shifted how my business works start building from these, start using these as real life. This, this is your tutorial. Now go and do. I'm so glad you guys were here. I will see you in episode four. We'll have another amazing guest speaker for you. So make sure you don't miss it. Bye. Thank you for listening to the embodied CEO podcast to connect with me, head on over to www.kirstenscreen.com or find me on Instagram at the Kirsten screen. My DMS are always open. So drop in and say hi. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and share the Embodied CEO podcast. And if you're tired of hustling to grow your coaching business and you want an easier way, I've got a free training for you on how to scale and sustain a six-figure coaching business without trading all of your time for money and the constant fear of not having clients. Give it a listen today and start getting your time and your freedom back in your business. Now promise me you're going to go out there and take some action.